What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today, we are going to do something for the first time, and I don't know how it's going to go, but I am just hitting record today and essentially like talking through or thinking out loud uh, my response to an article that I just read this morning. And uh, I kind of wrote some notes down here that uh, some key points that I want to touch on, uh, but social media has been going fucking berserk today about this article uh, that was written in the Washington Post. And I'll describe the article in a second, but uh, I follow like, I probably follow 200 to 300 different health accounts of like all opposing views of all different backgrounds, all related to like health and fitness stuff. So I'm exposed to a lot of kind of, you know, differing opinions and different ways of practicing stuff and uh, some stuff that kind of pisses me off. Other, you know, people and, and accounts that I kind of look up to and learn from myself in the, in the health and fitness space. So I'm kind of exposed to a variety of different opinions and platforms that, you know, speak their views on nutrition and health and what it means to to be those things. And today I just found myself, literally the last 45 minutes, I was just sitting at my desk in just a rabbit hole of going through a handful of different accounts, looking at some of these uh, uh, posts that have been made, these stories that have been made, and then going through the comment section. And it's just out of control. I'm just, I'm laughing, like reading some of these things. And the situation is not laughable at all. And it's, uh, it's kind of something that hits our profession, uh, me being a dietitian, the dietetic profession as a whole, it's uh, it's a bad look, and it's something that I kind of just want to talk about. And I don't even know if I'm like coming from the stance of like defending people or things today. It's going to come across that way in certain points, but I'm going to do my best to play devil's advocate for both sides here and um, getting my point across. So. For those of you who have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, that is okay. Uh, I realize I haven't said anything about the actual article that I mentioned up until this point, but I kind of I kind of want to talk about that for a second and lay the groundwork. I can try and link this article in the show notes. I don't know if I've ever done that before, but I'll try and do that after I record this podcast and before I upload it so it's something that you could search but if you if that doesn't work just google like the Washington Post um, dietitians being paid by um, companies I'm sure it will pop up it, it, I believe it was written today yeah yeah it looks like it was written today and it's funny I had known that this article was dropping I just didn't know when and uh there's some fellow colleagues in the space, again, people I follow on social media that had mentioned that it's going to be this week, ended up dropping today, and then everyone's in outrage of it. But apparently, this article that came out today, again, was um, written in the Washington Post, and the basis of the article is essentially how dietitians and then even a doctor or some doctors, uh, forget the criteria, who they looked at. But there was a handful of dietitians on the different social media platforms with like millions of followers collectively who were actually being paid to somewhat downplay 
the World Health Organization's recent report um, this past summer about aspartame um, and, and its possibility of being like a, a carcinogen and being added to like the carcinogen list. And um, in response to that, there was a lot of kind of like outrage and different campaigns and things that somewhat countered that um, declaration of aspartame. And apparently, and again, I don't know any of these people who are who were found kind of guilty of this or who were investigated into this. Um, but apparently people were being paid, dietitians to being paid to kind of, uh, again, just like rebuttal and, and counter some of these claims that were made and that we kind of saw in the news as of recent. And that, in addition to other things like promoting different, um, it, you'll see in the article, it's very... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a typical news article. Like it's very polarizing. It's very like black and white. You know, kind of attacking. You can kind of make the decision for yourself. But as much news and stuff that I, as I've watched and as much time as I spent in the health and fitness space, it's like this article is exactly what I would have expected. It kind of just goes in and and really uh, really kind of attacks these people. And and again, for some right reasons for sure. Um, but just take it with a grain of salt with everything. And again, hopefully I'm going to dive into some, some of those topics here today too. Um, but really what the big deal about this is and, and why I kind of have some reactions to this and what I want to talk about is this kind of like conflict of interest piece that is, um, man, it's really relevant in the health and fitness space along with every other industry too. Um, but especially with the dietitians and, and kind of the dietetics profession as a whole. Now, I actually had to go look up. I just looked it up before I hopped on this podcast because um, for those of you who don't know, registered dietitians, we need to go through a undergraduate degree in nutrition and dietetics. And then after that, we apply and get into a non-paid dietetic internship that lasts anywhere from like six to 12 months. Once we complete that internship, doing different rotations in hospital or food service settings or um, um, even in public health, like all these different types of settings that you could be placed in with your internship. Once you complete a certain amount of hours, um, essentially working for free for the year, then you are eligible to take the uh, registered dietitian exam. So essentially you take this test so you get your credentials as a registered dietitian, registered dietitian nutritionist. Those two um, titles are interchangeable. And even I think starting this next year, it's going to be mandatory now that dietitians must obtain a master's degree in addition to getting their undergrad, doing their internship, in order to sit for their uh, board's exams. So there's kind of a lot of schooling required to get the RD credential, which is protected and we have a governing body behind those credentials. And again, that's, in my opinion, what has always maybe separated dietitians from other people in the health and fitness space who are maybe more self-proclaimed nutritionist, maybe did a six-month to one-year course on nutrition. They don't really have a background in nutrition. Uh, there's a lot of things um, out there, even the word nutritionist just in general is not a protected term. There's a lot of people out there who are calling themselves nutritionists that really don't have the credentials or the experience or um, 
you know, the schooling to be able to like, in my opinion, work with people and give health advice to people, um, considering that that is something that is very common today. But dietitians is, at least for me, was always something that I was very proud of being able to get and to get those credentials because it somewhat separates me from all the other people out there who might not have that same background in schooling. And, and that's just the route that I ended up choosing. But again, like I said, this is a long drawn out way of saying that us as dietitians are responsible um, for a handful of things. Um, and, and like other professions, like doctors and physical therapists and other people in the healthcare space, people who have licenses and um, who are registered by the state and, and all these things who have titles behind their names, you have to abide by a code of ethics. Like that's, that's just shit that everybody knows. It's stuff that is kind of in drain or, um, 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 instilled within you throughout your schooling process. When you get your credentials, there's a code of ethics um, that you have to sign off on and abide by. And not to mention the continuing education that we have. We are also required to have a certain amount of CEUs that go towards our, you know, ethics or code of ethics. So it's a really big fucking deal in the fitness space or in the uh, health space. And that is, again, one of the reasons why as a dietitian that, you know, I feel that we might have um, a little bit more credibility than other people who maybe don't have some of those credentials and that schooling, um, things that they've gone through to get to where they are today. And I went back and I looked online at the Academy of Nutrition Dietetics, which is, again, the governing body that protects our credentials, and I found our code of ethics. And I will read it because I wrote it down here. And this, again, is from our code of ethics um, as registered dietitians. Um, it states, nutrition and dietetics practitioners shall disclose any conflicts of interest, including any financial interest in products or services that are recommended. Refrain from accepting gifts or services which potentially influence or which may be given the appearance of influential professional judgment. So that is within our code of ethics. Now, where this problem lies and where this article is really shining a light on is the fact that I think it was like 30 to 60 dietitians, I, I don't remember the number, were found to... Um, essentially be promoting and I, I hate I hate the word promoting because if you actually look at the posts and um, the content that some of these dietitians were creating like again just playing devil's advocate here um, regardless of not disclosing those conflicts of interest which again is unethical and that's the point I'm getting at here um, were those people factually incorrect with all of their statements like I don't know like I read through some of them um, and I just, I found myself thinking that, you know, these were types of posts that these people were already doing. And I think these, you know, big food industries, these companies kind of found these, you know, popular accounts on TikTok and Instagram and whatever platforms else. And they found the people who were maybe, you know, debunking or offering different points of views for some of the research and some of these things that have been out there pre-existing. And they offered them money to continue to uh, make those claims, make those statements, create those posts, create that content and put it out there for their followers to see, which again, they had, I think some of them have like millions of followers, like collectively. So a lot of people are seeing these things. 
especially like people like millennials and like, like Gen Z people too. Most of the people who are on TikTok right now. Um, so again, the problem was that a handful of these dietitians were disclosing maybe later on in their posts or maybe kind of subtly in the comments or different things like that. They were disclosing like, Hey, this, this is a sponsored post. Um, which obviously raises question for concern, like who's sponsoring this post. Um, the other bigger issue, the big problem was that there was a handful of dietitians who were not disclosing that this was a sponsored post and they were receiving financial compensation to post those things. Um, and that alone is just, it's a big no, no. Like it's, uh, it's just something that I cannot sit up here and defend even people with the same credentials as myself. Uh, that is, it, it's just unacceptable. And it's, uh, it's something, you know, it, you know, you're not supposed to do. Okay. And it sucks because it kind of just circles back around to this kind of, uh, just, just this whole idea that money is a fucking powerful thing. And, you know, if I, I, I can sit here today and say, you know, I, you know, I've never uh, been approached by like a, a, you know, the soda company or something to like say, Hey, can you, um, you know, post this, you know, post about, or talk about why drinking diet soda can be a good thing. And we'll give you a thousand bucks for that post. Like I've never been the recipient of that. I've never been approached for that. That would be something that again, I would not do. And it's easy for me to sit here and say that, right? Like if I'm already posting these things and this company comes in and they're like, Hey, you know, we're going to pay you five grand or 10 grand a month for you to continue to post these things. Um, like you can see how fucking people like dietitians, especially who I think the average median income is like 40 or 50,000 bucks or something like that. Um, which isn't even like half of what some of these people pay for the degrees that they get. Uh, so you can see, I'm just using the dietitians as an example here. Um, it's very similar, I think, to a lot of other maybe healthcare professions and people out there, right? Like money talks. And, and when you're presented with an opportunity to essentially like sell yourself and talk about information that um, you know may or may not be evidence-based um, and pushing this kind of narrative um, with money backing that or with a company paying you to do that, like that is just fucking unacceptable. And it's, um, it's sad because this really undermines the, the dietetics profession as a whole, in my opinion. And, and it's already, and it's easy for me to say, you know, you might be sitting here listening to this podcast. Like, I don't even know what a fucking dietitian is, right? Like there's people out there who also know that, uh, or who also think that, and that's okay. Um, but I would, I would go out on a limb and say that like the dietetics profession has kind of been like not even under a spotlight. I don't know why that came to my mind, but have kind of been under some sort of scrutiny, um, and has kind of been attacked in years past. Uh, I'll give you an example, um, something that comes to mind. I actually think, you know what, now, now that I think of it, th there was a post or a, um, there was an article that came out, I think it was last year. Let me, I have my computer up right now. I'm typing this up. This is, again, super impromptu kind of podcast. So bear with me here. But there was a post not too long ago. I think it was in the last few years about how uh, the Academy of Nutrition Dietetics, again, our governing body, um, was found to have received compensation or sponsorship or donations 
to the academy um, from a lot of big companies and businesses who, again, have highly processed foods, high sugar foods, a lot of these uh, products that you would think and are deemed unhealthy by um, the population at large, right? I can't double multitask here. Let me type this in real quick. Yes, here we go. Group shaping nutrition policy earned millions from junk food makers. Wow, look at this. The Washington Post. Damn, what year? 2022. Oh my gosh. And this Anad O'Connor is the same author as the one who just wrote this recent article um, that came out today, I believe. Yep, him and a couple other authors. So, so this guy in particular, I, I actually don't know who this is. I've met, I've recognized the name. You know what? That's not important. But there's this, there's this article that came out. I remember reading it. I guess it was last year around this time last year. And it essentially came out that, um, or it was exposed that the Academy had taken and received money from, you know, um, these different companies who sell junk food. And, and uh, again, like these ultra highly processed foods and, you know, there's a lot of influence. A lot of people eat these things and there's a lot of money for them to put into different things. Um, and the academy received money, a chunk of money from them. I don't think it was a ton. Um, if I remember correctly, because I remember reading this, um, even within our, uh, our breakdown, because we kind of get some access to different things too, and I'll look at articles and um, Eat Right Pro and some of these other articles that are affiliated with our academy. Uh, I think it was something like 5 to 10% of our funding comes from big food companies. Um, or big industries like the meat industry or the dairy industry. Um, but I think this this article pertains mostly to big food companies like Coca-Cola or Ke- um, Kellogg's, sorry, um, Nestle, Pepsi, like a lot of these um, companies that have sodas and sugary products and, you know, sugar-filled drinks and cereals and, you know, a lot of these things that are deemed as unhealthy, um, which, again, they they have low nutrition value. They're really easy to overconsume. Um, they're higher in calories usually. And, you know, the combination of those things can lead to people gaining weight over the course of the years or getting insufficient amount of nutrition and nutrients in their body. And again, you do that for years on end for decades, like you're going to be at greater risk for developing some of these conditions. Um, uh, these comorbidities, these diseases that are taking the lives of so many people. And I think it, again, I'm going back to this number. I think it's like seven to 10% of funding comes from these big companies, but again, not attacking this dude or this article, but this is where we just, we have to take everything we read with a grain of salt, just like anything you see in the news today, right? Um, what this paper really didn't acknowledge was the fact that like a lot of these big companies own a fuck ton of other companies, also companies falling within what you would consider a health promoting company, right? So like, for example, um, Nestle off the top of my mind. Um, and I know this mostly just because I worked in the kind of clinical setting for a few years when I first started my career. Um, but Nestle, yes, has a bunch of, you know, you see the Nestle, you know, uh, chocolate milk powder and there's the cereals and, um, you know, all the sugary snacks and treats and all these things that they make for sure. 
But Nestle also makes things like infant formula, right? And they also make products um, like tube feeding formulas. So when you're uh, in a hospital and, and let's say you're unable to use some part of your digestive tract, maybe you can't swallow, um, maybe it's dangerous for you to swallow and you have a tube from you know a bag into your nose, into your stomach, and it bypasses kind of the mastication process and, and the swallowing process, and it directly delivers food into your stomach or maybe into your small intestine. Like Nestle makes those types of formulas for people who are critically ill or who are on ventilators or people who cannot feed themselves in the hospital. So Nestle also makes products like that. Um, Nestle also makes you know, products, I'm thinking of the clinical setting here too, but like things like Booster and Sure, I'm not sure which company they own of that. But like, again, maybe you have, for example, a cancer patient or somebody and they are unable to eat or swallow. They're on more of a liquid pureed diet. And, um, you know, maybe they're just not eating enough nutrition for their chemo treatments, for the wasting that's happening in their body. And sometimes, People need these nutrition shakes. Um, they're not really meal replacement shakes. They're kind of supplement shakes, but like Booster and Sure, some of these things that can get you extra, you know, calories, extra um, um, sugar, extra nutrients, kind of this like, you know, meal combined into this little drink that people can drink when, you know, maybe they can't eat or meet their nutrition needs just through food alone. Um, so Nestle is, is responsible for a lot of other products besides like, you know, the Nestle fucking chocolate powder that you mix in your milk kind of shit, you know, even things like Coca-Cola, right? Like they own, uh, the company Fairlife, which is a pretty awesome, like lactose free, alternative milk product with higher protein, vitamin D, some omega-3s added to it, like a really nutrient-dense drink that's a good alternative to people who are unable to drink, you know, dairy or, or lactose or who choose to have that within part of their eating pattern. Um, they also were responsible for a shit ton of like water companies and all these things. So again, I'm getting off on a real big tangent here, but like some of these articles, again, they, they, like it's easy to say at face value. It's like, oh yeah, dude, this company gets a lot of funding from these this particular company. But even in the Academy of Nutrition Dietetics um, website, it's like they disclose that we do not let those companies influence what policies we make, what how we're um, um, creating some of these different policies that are being implemented into whatever schools and other uh, community programs or nutrition guidelines and in the revisions of some of those things. And again, there nothing is like, in my opinion, like ever perfect, but it's, um, it's a very complex industry, as you can imagine, like even me talking about it here, I feel like I'm not even putting a dent into like, you know, everything that we could talk about when it comes to this topic. But um, when I read this article today, it reminded me of this article that ironically was written by the same person now that I looked it up a year or two years ago, however long ago that was. Um, so anyway, just kind of going back to the article today, it's just what the facts are right now is just the fact that like, yeah, like these people with credentials were caught, you know, not disclosing that they were receiving compensation in promoting some of this information it's like that's a big fucking no-no you know and and now this whole like just this whole like social circle this internet um or social media circle is just like up and 
up in roars. And there's a lot of accounts, a lot of different um, wellness influencers out there that are calling light to it and putting their two cents into it and all this stuff. And it's just kind of an opportunity for people to talk about it. And speaking on the wellness influencer side of things right now, I think we're just going to go into this rabbit hole now, but um, what pisses me off now in response to this? Again, I think we're all in agreement that this is not good. I, I'm happy I do not have to deal with what happens to these people. Like, I don't know if they're going to get their credentials stripped from them or uh, what the you know repercussions are uh, for whatever actions they took. Uh, however, what kind of like infuriates me a little bit, and this is again, just me speaking my mind and talking about things that, that come to mind when I'm like reading all these comments of people online, um, just normal people, influencers, dietitians, like everyone's just fucking fighting each other. But um, when I look at some of these accounts that I follow on Instagram who are just like, you know, people who have no background in nutrition, but they wrote a book on it, right? Or they made a documentary on it, or they're on other podcasts and they kind of these like charlatans in the space is the hypocrisy that some of these people have is fucking comical to me. Um, and again, I think these are the types of people who are taking the most advantage of this whole decision right now. Um, if we take an example here, um, if you think about all the products and the devices and the gadgets and the foods and all the things that are out there, right? Like money rules a lot of these people. But take, for example, somebody who's calling out like, ha look at these people, dietitians, the experts, so-called experts in the field are being called out. Like, what a shame. We knew this all along, blah, blah, blah. That same person who's saying all those things you click the link in their bio, and I'm not going to name any names, but I did this a handful of times today. They are the same people that endorse continuous glucose monitors, right? And, and create this narrative that normal people should be tracking their blood sugars and, and using that as a device to dictate what they do with their nutrition. Um, selling devices like the Lumen device, which if you're not familiar with the Lumen device, it's kind of this device that you like breathe into and it essentially tells you what substrate you're using for energy, uh, substrate being like carbs or fats. And it can tell whether you're quote unquote metabolic flexible. And the claims are, if you use this product, you can see when you're burning more fat or burning more carbs as energy and use that to dictate when you work out and burn more fat and, you know, be healthier and yada, 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 right? Like these are the same people who are getting fucking huge kickbacks from selling these two, three, four hundred, five hundred dollar products. They're getting 20% of that. They're selling thousands of them, right? And and it's amazing. Like you follow where the money goes. It's like it, it's all the same with everybody in in my opinion. Um and again, as I sit here and and sound like I don't want to act like I'm defending these people who um, did something wrong. I, I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on other people for trying to make a living, right? Um, but there's just a lot of context and a lot of shit happening right now um, that everyone's just so burrowed in their corner that they kind of refuse to acknowledge other points of view or it just further, you know, validates their previous conception, their thoughts and beliefs on what they think, you know, essentially that their shit doesn't stink, whatever it is that they're selling. Um, again, besides like the CGMs and the lumens, like people are out here fucking selling greens powders or their own supplement lines or pushing another person's supplements lines. Um, you know, getting kickbacks for selling their liver detox type of uh, uh, supplement package, right? Um, 
man, even just thinking about all the uh, other type of like books and other things that if you think about what people are doing is they're ultimate marketers and they're really helping use like situations like this to help funnel you into their funnel even more and sell you everything that they have to sell. Um, again, even like taking Flav City for an example, right? It's just like, he's going to all these like coffee shops and stuff right now. And it's like, oh, here's my, here's my concern with this, but here's my solution. It's my own brand or it's this brand that I partnered with or, um, you know, sometimes maybe he discloses that maybe he doesn't, but they're always scaring the shit out of you or pointing at something that's saying like, haha, I told you so. And then they're selling you what they've made or, uh, what they think their solution is. Um, and that is what makes people half a million, a million dollars a year. I mean, look at liver King, for example, right? Like he, uh, he got caught doing, you know, his steroids and injecting a small pharmacy's worth of fucking anabolics into his body. Um, you know, after creating year, two years of like a social media presence and making like, I don't even know how many millions of dollars a month by pushing a supplement line, his own supplement line, beef liver capsules, whatever it was. Um, and it works, you know, a lot of this shit works. And so when I see shit like this, where, you know, dietitians are caught doing something when again, they shouldn't be doing that. And again, what they did is maybe different than what other people have done. Again, like some of this stuff isn't always super comparable, but kind of the, uh, the approach and the outcomes and, and just the whole like mechanism of how, you know, money can, present a problem and solve problems and whatever else we have going on. It's like all of these things have some similarities in common. And, um, I don't even know what I'm talking about right now, but I just, I just wanted to say that it's like, it's just super unfortunate that in this industry, you know, we have, you know, people who share my credentials, we have people doing this. Um, but then we have other people who are doing this regardless and who are not getting in trouble for it right? We have people who are pushing a lot of these narratives, pushing their carnivore diet, pushing their plant-based only diet, pushing their uh, meal replacement, you know, whatever supplement diet, um, selling these devices, all these things that are making money that maybe on the back end are giving people worse relationships with food, giving people um, orthorexia, right? Giving people disordered eating patterns, um, making them scared of other things. And it's, them being scared of eating everything is doing more harm than them actually eating some of the things that the people have scared them into thinking is bad. You know what I mean? So, um, it just sucks cause it, it just sucks because I see this out there and this is what I've realized in my time posting content to social media, which I'm a fucking infant when it comes to doing this shit. I've only, I think I've only been doing this for like two and a half years now, three years now. Um, is just seeing the lack of accountability and repercussions for other people in the space who do not have the same credentials. Um, and then, you know, feeling like I am constrained within some of these, um, again, some of these constraints that, you know, maybe other people don't have, or maybe other people don't abide by. And then when you see this shit where our other dietitians doing, it's like, man, at some level, like, Again, I read through some of these posts and the examples that they brought on. Another example in there was like the Canadian sugar industry or something was like paying a dietitian or somebody to talk about fucking Halloween candy or something. I don't know. I'm kind of butchering the um, (laughs) 
the review on the article or, or talking about what the article said, but, uh, um, essentially talking about how, like, you know, encouraging your kids to eat candy, um, can potentially help them not crave that in the future, um, instead of depriving them from that. And then maybe them wanting to crave that more, like something along those lines. Right. Um, which again, like, and not to like audit every person's post and to talk critically about every single one of them, but like there might be some truth into some of these other things that they were saying. Right. And it just happened to be that these, these companies came in and paid them to say more of that or to say things, um, it's just a fucking bad look 10 out of 10 times. Like if you get caught like that, you know, it'd be like me sitting up here, uh, and sitting on here and telling you that, Hey, you know, Taco Bell once a week is, uh, is really good for you. And it should be a good cheat meal and all these things come to find out that Taco Bell is sponsoring me with, you know, Doritos, Locos, tacos for life kind of thing, or paying me a thousand bucks a month to say this shit. I mean, it's just, it's just a bad look at the end of the day. Uh, and that is not happening by the way. Um, it's, uh, I don't even know where that came from that example, but, uh, it's, uh, it's just something that I've, yeah, I've just kind of like taken a little bit to heart today after kind of reading everything and just kind of seeing so many people torn up about it and just kind of coming at the dietetics industry as a whole. Uh, again, I'm not here to, to plant my flag and say, we're the experts in everything all the time and our shit doesn't stink and, and we're perfect. Like I'm fucking far from perfect, right? I'm, I'm always, man, I'm always, again, I'm biased too, but I'm always going to be the type of person that, you know, might not give you the most direct answer to everything or talk about things black and white, right? Because context matters here. Uh, and that's a lot of times what happens is like, there's just a lack of context with all of these things. And uh, it just kind of paints bad guys. And then, you know, people use that to their advantage. And going back to the wellness influencers, right? Like, like a lot of those people, like they don't actually care about your health, right? And and they see some of these, you know, instances, this article come out, article come out, and, you know, they're talking shit about it, getting on podcasts, you know, spreading a lot of information about it. And what that is, is it's just a good marketing tactic that really is used to like so mistrust in professionals like dietitians and doctors, even like some of these other people out there. Um, so that people without any credentials, like those wellness influencers, they can try and position themselves as experts and, and not be, um, you know, questioned because of that, right? Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm just, yeah, I'm just pissed off because people see these opportunities as a chance to further gain followers, to, to, um, to further their, you know, um, kind of stance on some of these things and to uh, kind of like use pseudoscience in a way to like gain more traction, gain more followers, gain more attention, which can ultimately, you know, gain more revenue for them at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, it sucks, you know, it just sucks that it's happening to this industry. It happens all the time, but you know, I haven't seen something like this in my years as a dietitian. Um, and I do feel for the people who got caught doing this, like it, man, it's, uh, it's getting, you know, in a position like this is, is something that I hope I am never in. Um, I will never be in that position. Cause I, I just don't, <laughs> I know the repercussions of that, like having somebody come up and pay me and there's maybe been opportunities, right? Like I could sit up here and, you know, I'm a, an affiliate with Thorn, right? Thorn is 
a really cool supplement company. They're um, kind of uh, U.S. based and they're sponsors of a lot of really um, professional, really good professional uh, sports organizations, yada, yada, yada. Um, Thorne is a company that I believe in. They're a company that I use personally. And uh, there was an opportunity for me to um, kind of, you know, create an account. And if I have clients or other people who are looking for supplements, like, you know, that could be an opportunity for me to direct them, you know, to my link and they can use my link and get 20% off or whatever and buy their creatine from there instead of buying it from Amazon, so to speak, you know, um, stuff that is very harmless, right? If we compare that to, you know, me sitting up here and talking about a particular greens powder or, um, essentially telling you to drink all the diet Coke in the world because aspartame is fine. And I'm sitting here not disclosing that, you know, um, you know, Coca-Cola is actually paying me to say that to you or American beverage association is paying me to say that to you. Like that is very different in my opinion. And, um, yeah, it just kind of sucks to see, uh, just to see this happen to dietitians and, and again, have, I guess our character called into question. Um, yeah, just, uh, it just kind of, it just makes me feel kind of shitty. I don't know. There's no other way to say it than that. And, uh, again, I get that this happens in other industries. We've seen this happen in other industries. Fuck, it's happening right now still with like, um, you know, even in the medical profession and, you know, big phar- pharmaceutical companies fucking running the world in the healthcare system, right? Like you might see it all the time and, and there's doctors that are out there that, you know, unfortunately uh, push devices or different medications or uh, even, you know, sell people on surgeries that are not warranted or they have no business doing or no, you know, uh, you know, true justification to do that, but they do it anyway. Um, because they can get some money out of it, right? And like that shit happens all the time. Fuck, there's dentists out there that, you know, do the x-rays and they're like, oh shit, you got the start of a cavity here. Uh, we're just gonna do a light fill. I'll have you come in in a week and uh, we'll get it filled. And they do that shit because, hey, maybe you don't actually need that or you could wait a, you know, a year or two or whatever. You have someone floss and brush. But no, they could get like two grand by filling that shit next week or something. So people are opting to do that. I'm, I'm using extreme cases here, but this shit happens, right? Like it's stuff that I've seen before too. Um, even, man, even not to get like super political here, um, and this not even super comparable either, but like just thinking back to like 2020 and, and all the shitty and unfortunate stuff that happened with um, kind of the police brutality stuff and how like one or two or three or four officers, right. Or, you know, like less than, uh, half of a percent of officers out there that, you know, did some terrible shit. And then all the other, you know, uh, officers and, and first responders, all these people kind of got the heat of that because everyone blanketed them into the same category. Right. When in reality there was just like, a group of bad apples that really just tarnish the reputation um, of other people. And unfortunately it, it takes one instance, it takes one article like this um, to kind of like discredit the reputation of a whole industry or of a whole profession. Uh, and again, I, yeah, again, I don't want to get political here and talk about the, the, you know, police stuff and all that. Um, that just kind of jumped into my mind, but I kind of felt the same vibe of like, I know police officers here and I know people are on the other side, you know, the you know anti-police people too. And it was just like this whole 
just, um, man, this whole shitty situation of people going at each other, people having their opposing views and people just blaming other people and, and, and looking at these situations as like everybody fits into this one bracket because one person did something that was dumb as fuck, you know? And, um, I kind of just view that as the situation now where it's like, Hey, you know, I'm going to continue to sit up here. I'll be honest with you. You know, if I ever get an ad sponsor or something like that, like I will disclose that at the beginning of the episode or in my posts, like that's just something that I have to do that I've kind of, uh, uh, you know, sworn into sort of speak. And, uh, it's, it's just the way that kind of my brain has been working. So, um, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how to conclude this podcast right now. It's, um, I just, I I think the message I want is like, you know, maybe treat this article and treat this as, um, as an opportunity to be more vigilant around, um, the people you're following and where you're getting your content. Um, and, and again, just feeding into this concept that I've talked about a lot of like, just be very, you know, um, questioning, be a skeptic of the information you hear all the time, where you get your information from, you know, back check different things, follow different accounts. Um, on that same breath though, even following less accounts, I think in, uh, is just as productive, if not more productive, if you're not getting fed with like 50 or a hundred different nutrition types of inputs on your TikTok feed, like that's the shit that is just making stuff more confusing, right? And unfortunately, we have a situation right now that is shitty because we have people on the internet who are talking shit about fucking oatmeal and fruit and vegetables and all the stuff. And then we also have dietitians out here who are kind of getting caught taking money from, you know, big companies and sugar companies and all this stuff to, um, to you know, spread different messages online. And, and to the consumer, it just makes things more, you know, convoluted, more difficult to appreciate what is right, what's not. And, um, yeah, I don't blame the consumer for being confused as fuck. It's just, uh, it's just a sad situation to see. Um, but my promise to you is just, I'm going to continue to show up and, you know, look out for the best interest of you as the consumer and people who listen to me and who trust me and who tune into, uh, what I have to say and who read my emails and who, um, you know, look at the content that I post on social media and who watch my videos. It's like, you have that promise for me that I'm going to continue to show up and keep you in the best interest and, and, uh, you know, be somewhat of an independent person in this nutrition space. When again, you're kind of seeing more and more people get caught into these different camps, uh, kind of this tribalistic mentality, um, being paid off by certain things, falling victim to supplement companies, devices, um, programs, all these things that have a fuck ton of money to spend. And if you have a ton of followers, like you can be that person that peddles that information, peddles that product to you, um, as the consumer in order to sell and put more money into their pockets and take money out of your pockets. So, um, that's the shit I'm going to continue to stand up and fight against. It's, um, again, it's kind of just based on this whole honor system. But uh, yeah, I I promise to you that I'm going to just keep doing my best and show up at, in the capacity that I can and uh, just kind of, you know, keep speaking the truth here. So I appreciate you listening to this podcast episode. If you made it this far, this was actually a long podcast episode. I didn't know what the fuck I was going to say on it, but it's, um, I don't know. It just, uh, 
that article caught my attention and I just kind of got caught in a rabbit hole with reading a lot of uh, conflicting sides and comments and reading the general public's comments on it and some of these, uh, you know, uh, wellness influencers uh, comment section and all these things. And uh, yeah, I just, I had some, some thoughts that came to mind and I figured, I figured I'd do my best to articulate those by talking out loud and sharing that with you and um, just kind of giving you my two cents on the whole situation. So um, I don't know if any of it made sense, but I appreciate you listening as always. And until next time, remember to eat with purpose, train with attention, and think with confidence as you work towards your own nutrition and fitness goals. Hope you have an amazing day, and I will talk to you on the next episode. Peace. Thank you again for listening to this episode. If you found value and enjoyed it, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media. If you do, make sure you tag me so I can say thanks. Or if you're on iTunes, scrolling down and leaving a five-star review would be much appreciated. And if you ever want to get in touch with me, you can always find me on Instagram at LukeSmithRD. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. I'll see you on the next episode.